Hi, everyone. Welcome and thank you for tuning into The Animal Files, the podcast where we expose the truth, science, and spirituality of pet care and provide you with the wisdom and tools you need to raise happy and healthy companion animals. My name is Victoria, an animal spirituality facilitator and integrative energy practitioner. And my name is Miranda, an animal health technologist and pet care safety expert. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Animal Files podcast. We have another amazing guest. We've been bringing you so many incredible people that you need to learn about because they're doing great work and they've been doing great work for years. And our guest today is no different. We have Gail Martz, who is the founder of the Sherpa Pet Trading Company, which makes the famous Sherpa bag and has made it possible for all of us animal lovers to travel with our pets. So I'm going to just send it over to Miranda and we're going to learn more about this amazing woman. (laughs) We're so happy to have you on our show today. I really enjoyed our conversation that we'd had previously where I was able to learn more about the bag and the background of it and that. And I'm eager to let our listeners know about it and why this type of bag is so important for them. Why don't we start with what inspired you to create the Sherpa bag? Well, Sherpa, the dog, was the Laza Opso that I had. And at that time, 34 years ago, 35 years ago, you could not take a pet on a plane. Mm -hmm. And there was not a soft-sided pet carrier in the world. So I had done my research and I had Sherpa, my dog, and I really wanted to have her with me as so many and every single person that has a pet wants to have their pet with them. So now, you know, when they say it's part of the family, a pet is a part of the family. It's Mm -hmm. a dog. It's a cat. They're part of your life. My dogs that you just saw, Cartu, who will be 16 years old, and Coco, who will be three years old, they have to be with me because they are a part of me. So Mm -hmm. I didn't want to leave Sherpa behind. And I had tried, you know, like the tote bag didn't work. There was nothing at all in the world. And so I had this dream. Actually, I did have a dream, you know, and then from the dream and from the necessity, the mother of invention, I knew that I had to do this and I couldn't stop thinking Mm -hmm. about it. So Sherpa the dog was the inspiration, the muse, the devoted, loving companion that was with me every single second. Mm -hmm. And so when we go back way back then, and then I heard them talking about it on the news today. How do you travel? Well, you could go by plane, but you know, we have a lot of cancellations. We have a lot of all the different things that happen, but really the majority of people will travel by car Mm -hmm. or it doesn't have to be traveling. I want to talk about safety at home as well, because that's very, very important for everything that we do. Right. So let's not even think about traveling. Let's talk about, you know, where we want to be safe with each other, safe with our pets safe for ourselves. You could fall down the stairs or you could do any of the many things that can happen. Let's go to safety. And so that's how it kind of all started. Right. I just want to go back for a moment because you had said that pets were not allowed on planes 35 years ago. I just wanted to clarify that because I think they were allowed in the cargo area, but they weren't allowed in the cabin, right? In the passenger cabin. Yeah. Right. In the passenger cabin. Yes. So they had in years before, you know, developed the hard-sided plastic carrier. And when I began Sherpa, the business, Mm -hmm. I began as the alternative Mm. to the hard plastic carrier because it was a soft-sided 
comfortable, stylish, you know, safety first for inside the passenger cabin. Yeah, right. Well, and of course, when you, and we will come back to the safety for sure, because that's one of our big things that we like to focus on. Yes. But when you're having them in the cabin, of course, you're pretty much limited or have no options whatsoever if you are using a hard carrier rather than a soft one, because generally they have to be placed underneath the seat in front of you. Always, always. They must be underneath the seat in front of you for the duration of the flight, not to be coming out. Which doesn't have a lot of room. No, there's no room anymore. The electronics, mm. like when you notice on the plane, the electronics took over all the underneath the seat room. So, you know, you can watch movies and do whatever you do, but <laughs> your feet can go under and little Coco is smaller than my feet. So it's like, it's not a problem for her. And then mm. the Sherpa bag had to be able to conform to the underneath the seat dimensions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of considerations when we're traveling with pets, whether it's by plane or whether it's by vehicle, boat, whatever the transportation method might be. And, you know, I think one of the biggest safety issues, like there's a lot of things that people aren't aware of when they're traveling by plane with pets, what they need to consider before even booking a flight. But when they're traveling by vehicle, so many people just allow their pets to just run loose in the vehicle. So that's one of the biggest safety issues, I think. And maybe you want to address that. I really do want to address that because that is an all-time factor to really consider that the pet in this time, date, and age, we have all of these different types of ways to make sure the pet is safe. Let's just say you have a big dog. You don't just put the big dog in the car without being secured with the harness and everything can be secured into the seat. And then the reason you want to do that is because let's just say you're driving along and you have to step on the brakes quickly. And then that dog or so you get hit from behind or any of the things that can happen with driving. When you said it doesn't have to be a car, it could be, you know, the RV or any of the other things that you're using right. for the um, mode of transportation. You don't want them to be propelled at that speed and go right through the windshield, mm -hmm. which is exactly what will happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so let's just say they're in the backseat. I've seen this story. I've seen the dogs hanging their heads out oh. the window. Yep. And yep. when I look at that, it's so bad because you have all that debris that's flying through the air, which is so dangerous that will go into their eyes. You know, you have that problem and the dog must not be hanging its head outside the window because that is so unsafe because then they're not secured safely mm -hmm. into the car. Yeah, that's one of our biggest pet peeves. Oh, yeah. We kind of, well, I do. I yell at our listeners <laughs> to stop doing that. <laughs> Well, we have to tell them because people don't know, you know, yeah. if you don't tell them, they really don't know. It amazes me when I'm speaking with people, the different things that they don't know. So let's talk about with the, whatever it is that you're driving, mm -hmm. you know, people are on motorcycles as well. And then they have a pet, you know, mm -hmm. people are in the RV, they're in the car, they're in whatever it is. So it is all about safety and doing it properly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And hanging out the window, there's the additional thing of when they have their head out the window and a person gets into an accident, then you you've got the worst scenario you could possibly have. Exactly. For everyone concerned, because that dog's gone. At one time when I was watching and I saw this car going around the corner, the dog was hanging its head out of the window. Well, what do you think happened? The dog went out the window. Mm. So you see, that's another thing that can happen. So the security that we're talking about is the safety security, which is one of the harnesses, one of the belts, not the seat belt. They may 
all of the things now that they did not make when I first started my company. So how easy it is now, just Safari, Google, do any of the search engines and just say, traveling with a pet mm -hmm. in a car, traveling with a pet in an art, you know, and then it will give you everything that you would want to know because it's all online now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That information is right at our fingertips and there's no excuse not to know things anymore, but what people like yourself and we need to do. And many of the other people we talk about is we need to plant seeds. So people know to look up the information because we know right. what we yes, know, exactly. you know, if you know, you don't yes. know something if you've never been taught something. So yeah, exactly. Well, and it's easy to say, you know, there's all this information available. You just have to search for it, but we're in information overload. True. And if people don't know specifically what to look for, they could end up looking at the wrong information or they just don't look at it at all because they've got other things on their mind or whatever the case may be. So it takes people like us to kind of hyper-focus people and sort of guide them to yeah. where to get the information. Exactly. And then to ask it properly. So now we talk briefly about the vehicle. We're saying vehicle because there's so many different mm -hmm. vehicles that you could mm -hmm. use. And then I think we really should start with home because yeah. the majority of people, cats, dogs, are spending the majority of time in the home. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the safety at home, how many factors do you have to deal with with safety at home mm -hmm. let's talk about the we have puppies of course mm -hmm. which we require so much safety and different things that we have to do because we're training and we're teaching them as babies have to be trained and be taught and all of that so safety at home is where the majority of time is spent so you want to make sure all of the factors and the whole house is safe because as i said to everyone prior with cartoon who you had just seen if it's on the floor it belongs to her mm. so <laughs> yep. don't think don't think your glasses are yours if they're on the floor mm. don't think that anything is yours because if it's on the floor it belongs to her yeah so i spoke with someone yesterday regarding a cat a cat so we're talking about cats and dogs mm -hmm. and she was saying how the cat was it's her house and they're just visitors yep. <laughs> and when somebody, when somebody new would come over and if they would shut the door, the cat would knock on the, not be, you know, thump on the door. Don't shut that door. <laughs> yeah. This is my house. I mean, her stories were fabulous because the house belonged to the cat. Yep. And what are you doing? Shutting the door. This is my house. And we all know about that. And so it was really funny. I loved her telling me all the stories of the cat. <laughs> yeah, I always tell our listeners, my cat owns the house. We just live here. It's hers. It's just hers. It's, it really is. We make it comfortable for her. She allows us to stay here. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> Which is really the story. So it's like, because I had the dogs, it's like, when you look at the statistics on how many people in, you know, wherever it is in the world have dogs, how many people have cats? And so when I had started Sherpa, half my customers were cats. You know, mm -hmm. I lived in New York City and in New York City, people have cats and they had dogs. And so you have to address your audience and the audience is going to be cats and dogs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then we have the other animals that are also, you know, the rabbits and the guinea pigs and the, oh, the birds, yeah. you know, birds. I read the story about the robin that you had. And a bird, they're so important in our life. It's, you know, so they're animals. Let's just talk about animals. Yeah, I had a bird and yeah, he had his own crate, all safe for him. And it was just his. Yes, exactly. 
It's exactly. Yep. And the birds, I love the bird. Well, I love all animals. Yeah. So anyway, but it's good. Don't think it's just cats, dogs, you know, yeah. you go online, look at these statistics for pets, but people should do that. Yeah. And then you see, oh, okay. There's this many dogs. There's this many cats. There's mm-hmm. this many birds. And then it goes down and tells you, I thought, I thought that was so Yeah. It's fascinating how mm-hmm. many people and how many households have multiple animals, not just one. Right. Oh, yes. I mean, just the pet industry in general is a multi-billion dollar industry and people are starting to really, I guess, include their animals in their family adventures. And so the Mm -hmm. travel industry of the pet industry is just, there's so much, there's harnesses for birds and reptiles and guinea pigs, and there's crates for this and crates for that. There's so much out there now that allows us animal enthusiasts to be able to include our animals in our lives. And it's such a beautiful thing. And that's one of the reasons I'm so glad that we're talking to you because you had, in my mind, you single-handedly changed that for a lot of people. Revolutionized the way you could travel with Mm pets. So it's not just a dog. It's not a cat. I had a bird, (laughs) a bird also. So it's not just a dog, cat, bird. You know, there's other animals. People love Mm -hmm. them. They're part of the family. So I don't want them to be anywhere else. And we need to have, we build up the community so that we all work together Mm -hmm. because working together, you know, team together, everyone accomplishes more. Absolutely. And our community, we can accomplish so much by working together. Mm -hmm. Definitely. For the animals. For the the animals. animals. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because they don't speak. Well, actually, some of those parrots, they're great. You know what they can say. (laughs) I don't know. I would have to argue that animals talk all of the time. We just can't understand them. (laughs) Well, they really do. And you watch the way they move. Exactly. Now, because the dogs, Cartu and Coco, knew that we were doing something today, you know, they're like attentively watching everything because they see that I am in the progress of doing something. Now, let's just talk about if you're going on a trip where you're packing a suitcase, some people pack one suitcase, I pack three suitcases (laughs) (laughs) to go. No, I could be gone for three months. So, you know, when I'm gone for that time, you know, I should have a suitcase a month, right? Absolutely. (laughs) No, but whatever it is, And so they're anxiously waiting because they know a trip is coming Mm -hmm. up. And then when you talk with your pet, which you must do, because your pets talk with you Mm -hmm. by a movement, by their eyes, by anything that they do. We all talk, and that's a dog. It's a cat. It's a bird. Some of those those parents are amazing. Yeah, what they can do. (laughs) My friend called me today and she's got, you know, Kiwi the parrot. And what this bird does is amazing and it it will talk and and that's what they do. So you teach them. I think Mm. most animals for the most part, and I've had hamsters, guinea pigs, cats, haven't had any dogs yet, not on my own, at least my parents had dogs, but they all have an intelligence. Most of them, we actually joked that cats are more like teenagers, but the average animal they have like a five-year-old mentality they can figure things out they understand things and Mm -hmm. i don't think a lot of people give our animals credit for actually being intelligent and understanding and being able to figure things out and understand Mm -hmm. that change is coming and it's going to be okay because mom and dad are okay so we're going to be okay Mm -hmm. i mean they have these type of thought processes that a lot of people overlook because they just think they're animals you know we've mentioned on our show many times it's basically because of conditioning again you don't know what you don't know Mm -hmm. but yeah so being able to to prove to people or at least teach people that animals are an integral part of our families and that we should include them as much as possible, as well as keeping them safe. It's going to mm-hmm. change the world for these animals that have chosen to be with humans. Now, there are mm-hmm. some animals that haven't, but. Right. But for us, look what the love is. Mm-hmm. When I say a part of me. 
they're a part of me. And then you, you know, you address the issues of being a part of you and their lifespan. When I told you Cartu was going to be 16, the first thought is going to be, uh-oh. You know, like Sherpa the dog lived to be 17 years and three months. Wow. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, she was with me like all the time. There was, there was not a time that she wasn't with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to do that with my cat, Maisie, because she is now an only child who is very attached to mom and dad. So we're trying to get her used to leaving the house and coming with us, take her traveling and bring her into our family vacations. And I think that's really important to do. Mm -hmm. There's not one second. uh, Just Coco's right here. (laughs) There is not one second. She is not with me. Yeah. Mm. And she's right there with me. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some cases where we can't travel with our pets. Yeah. It's going to be best for them to be left at home because maybe we're traveling to places where, you know, like it's business and we're not going to be able to bring them with us to the different locations we're going. So that end up going to be left alone in a hotel or whatever, which Mm. could end up causing them a whole bunch of stress. No, you don't want to do that. You definitely don't. Let me get a water. I just need a water because, you know, we're talking and we should always have as you want for your dogs and cats and animals you want to be able to make sure that they are hydrated as we must be hydrated Mm -hmm. with everything it's so important yeah Mm -hmm. so exactly what you're saying is totally appropriate there are times although i make it so that my dog can be with me at all times. Mm -hmm. So that is how I made my life because that was my business. I mean, that business of Sherpa, you know, it started as Sherpa's pet trading company and we didn't trade pets, but I thought, you know, I wanted it on a theme. You know, I took a theme of like they would have these trading companies, you know, because it started out like in the Himalayas and, you know, Mount Everest and, you know, this whole thing. And so they had a trading company. So I was, you know, trying to do it along those lines. And then, of course, it had to be Sherpa, the dog. She had to have her name in it. So that was how I had done the original company, which then, you know, I created the Sherpa bag that had to be named after Sherpa the dog mm-hmm. because I would do the photographs of Sherpa the dog in her Sherpa bag. <laughs> no, I had to teach people yeah. that you were going back 34 years. So they thought, oh, this was punishment. This is not punishment. This was being able to take your pet wherever yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. So- I think a lot of people don't understand that, especially with dogs. You know, dogs chose, historically chose to be with humans for companionship and allowing them to be with their human is the most secure thing that they find in their life because you are their anchor. And that is really important. Now, cats, that's a little bit different. They still love companionship, but but dogs especially. So if the dog is able to be with its human mm-hmm. safely, they're going to be happy. They might be stressed with the travel until they get used to it. But just being with you is going to make them happy. So there's no punishment whatsoever by putting your dog in a crate or a bag. It's just Think of it through the dog's eyes. The dog wants to be with its human. So if you can allow that to happen, don't you think the dog would enjoy that? That's how I look at this. And it's really important to remember the animal has its own wants and needs. Mm -hmm. And they want to be with you. You know, as you said, they really want to be with you. So that animal, Mm -hmm. you know, if they're a wild animal, bird on the tree or you know whatever like around here we have a lot of coyotes Mm -hmm. now you have to be very careful and that's where people that safety factor comes in every time I read about that and I've seen you know the coyote you know right out there or the bobcat or whatever it is and I'm not in the jungle but you know it's about that safety and if there's a coyote you know the coyotes are out in the fields or they're whatever but They come around to the front door. Somebody lets that dog, that cat, 
out and that dog that cat is gone yeah mm -hmm. so you know we have to consider the factors of the wildlife outside the door yeah i think mm -hmm. having safety at home yeah it kind of morphs into safety and travel and it morphs into safety and in everything because you're aware you start becoming aware with the little things and then right. your just brain can process things oh wait that's not very safe let's adjust here and you do that <laughs> yes. and you go to a new situation oh okay i need to take care of this because we want to make sure it's safe it's like the process and the practice of awareness when it comes to your animal's safety is what helps that animal to thrive in any situation mm -hmm. exactly so we start where we spend the most amount of our time okay yes i created the sherpa bay because the void in the marketplace was you could not get a pet on a plane you could always have a dog or cat in the house that's yeah. you know been going on forever mm -hmm. but you couldn't get a pet on a plane and then you needed to get from a to b and so that was how the sherpa bag began but safety at home in the most dangerous oh go to the of what happens all the time in California. Fires. Mm, yeah. We right. have fires. We could have whatever it is anywhere. I saw briefly they had these big floods in Virginia or wherever. Anything can happen. So what will you do for the safety of the dog, the cat, any animal that you have you must take care of them. You Absolutely. must speak for mm. them and you must be aware there's, you know, like tsunamis someplace else, mm -hmm. or they have this someplace else, or they have right. that someplace else. And then here, somebody sent me an email and they said, did you feel it? We have earthquakes. I mean, but they have earthquakes everywhere. Yep. Any of the things that happen. So let's go to safety, start in your home mm -hmm. and look at every single thing, mm -hmm. because if it's on the floor, or it's the electric cord or whatever it is, it's yeah. their safety that becomes involved. Yeah. We've suggested in our shows that people should be looking at their home from the animal's perspective, not from their own perspective. Because mm -hmm. when we look at it from the human perspective, we can miss so many things because right. we don't think about getting into that stuff, you know, especially like cats getting into like small little holes and crevices and that, that we can very easily overlook. That's yeah. exactly right. I remember when I started so long ago and I went to somebody's apartment and they had said that they had a Sherpa bag. And I said, well, where is the bag? And it was in the closet. I said, no, it doesn't belong in the closet. <laughs> it needs to be out on the floor so mm -hmm. the animal can go in and out at all times and then in any like we had 9 11 in new york city so what would you do when you don't know what's going to happen next so mm -hmm. i had two dogs i had the two sherpa bags i'm on the 20th floor at the door because you know we'd have blackouts we'd have this out or we'd have that out or you'd have no electricity so carry your pet to safety or in the sense we're talking about the larger dogs and we're talking about the birds and the guinea pigs and the whatever it is that you have mm -hmm. it's to be able to get them to safety mm -hmm. and what is safety you know because in this world that we're in right now well you don't know what safety gonna can go way really quickly <laughs> yeah yeah so i think that's our key point right there yeah, yeah i we mentioned yeah. a lot with the carriers because leaving the carriers out and on the floor also helps desensitize the animal for the fear of getting put into a carrier i have I have one cat and three carriers all over my house are all open and the cat goes in and out freely and she has no fear of them. She's got a backpack that sits in the middle of the living room, wide open. She goes in and out and plays and whatever. And so when the time comes for travel or when there is a emergency or we need to be safe, mm -hmm. boom, it's right there. I can put her in, yeah. pop that door on and we're good to go. Yeah. And she's not stressed out about me getting this big thing out of the closet and uh-oh something's happening no it's that's where she slept oh we're we're closing the door now <laughs> 
Yeah, that positive association. And yes. that's what they always want to have is positive association. Because if you get, let's say, a Sherpa bag, and the first thing you do is take them to the vet, and they get a shot, and they get this, and then, or they get their teeth clean, or whatever it is, then they associate that Sherpa bag with a shot, a teeth cleaning, or yep. whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like, I always say to people, how many purses do you have? So what is the problem with having two bags, three bags, four, just like you said, you have three. Yep. You can have a purse for your pet, mm -hmm. you know, so how many purses do you have? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, of course, when you leave them around the home, it becomes like their personal den. Yeah. Yes. I mean, in the wild, they have their dens. It gives them that feeling of safety and security. That's place that they can go when they're feeling stressed or, yes. or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. I looked at when did the wolves begin? How many hundreds of thousands of years ago? Because you look at what they talk about, how did a dog begin? Mm -hmm. But it goes back to the wolves. So when did the wolves begin? And then you go back to the hundreds of thousands of years ago. And where did they begin? Mm -hmm. The cave. And then the cave is a den. And so that den environment is the safe environment yeah. for dog the cat the mm -hmm. bird whatever it is yeah. they're safe mm -hmm. well right now my cat's sleeping up on top of her cat tower she's in her tree mode now she wants to be up high but i have right next to me i have a four foot by two foot cage that is open all the time and when i'm working she's in that cage and asleep on the top shelf mm. <laughs> I have like a, a blanket over the top. So it's nice and cozy and stuff. That is one of her absolute favorite places to be because it's a, it's her cave. Yeah. We only had it up here because when they were kittens, we wanted to make sure they were safe when they were really little when we left the house, but the cage never came down because they've been playing in it and sleeping in it ever since. So And we should all have a cage in our house. I know. <laughs> It takes up my, my office is very small, so it takes up a good chunk of the office. But you know what? Again, it's her house. I just live here. But if it is what needs to be done to make sure my cat feels secure and safe, then I'm all for it. Mm. We have to do that. So that's our number one point, safety. Mm. Yeah. And then comfort. You know, yep. we get into comfort because if you want it to be comfortable, because so if you put them where they have just they're sitting on top of the wires or, you know, all of the parts of the cage, well, that's not going to be as comfortable as it would no. be if you could just put some little, you know, lining on it and make it nice. And the fact of what was going on with the heat wave, hmm. gosh, it was working in Paris and it was a hundred degrees. Now it's not usually a hundred degrees in Paris, but what do you do? Yeah. So what you want to do is to be able to keep them, of course, and yourself. So, you know, I would fill up water bottles, whatever bottles that you have, and then freeze them so that that could help to cool them. And then they have all types of cooling mats and different things that you yeah. use now. I mean, there's Again, mm -hmm. go to Google, go to go to any search engine and say, what is this? You don't even have to go like I could just say to the phone, hey, Siri, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, and then the Siri just turned on right now. She's ready to go. And she'll <laughs> say, you know, whatever I want to know. She's there to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. The world we yeah. live in. <laughs> but we need to caution uh, people though, as well, that not all products are the same. So you could go search for something and find a product right away, but it may not be a quality product, may not work the way they say it's going to work, be as effective as they say it's going to be, but it also may not be safe for the animal because they might have yeah. toxic materials or whatever in it. It's always best to do yeah. your research about any product. Yes. You have to totally research every single thing. I pulled up something again today in preparation for our interview. And then I was looking at the name and I thought, hmm, I wonder where that's made, you know, mm, and I wonder right. what that is. Yeah, no, it's the world we live in. But again, you're right. You have to look, okay, where is it made? 
price is a factor too. When it comes to pet stuff, price matters because you get what you pay for. If you go for the cheap option, nine times out of 10, it's not going to be safe. It's not going to keep them secure. And it might fall apart on your animal while you're traveling. You need to get quality product. Everything. Yeah. At the same time, though, you could pay a lot of money and still end up not getting quality as well. So yeah, I, that's happened. Yeah. yeah. So you can't just rely solely on price. I mean, yeah, if you buy buy cheap, you're pretty much guaranteed to get a garbage product. Yeah. But for the higher price stuff, you still have to do your research to make sure you're yeah. getting something quality. And they do say you get yeah. what you pay for, you know, but the thing is, it's like every single option that is to be considered. Okay. We had Amazon prime day or something where you could buy things on Amazon and it would be less money. Well, that's great that you could do that because we do want to be able to save money on of things course. that we are doing and what we're doing, but we want to consider all of the factors and the quality and every single thing that goes into it as anything that we do, like what goes into our mouth. Let's talk about eating, you know, the different things that you could buy. You want to make sure that it has, well, first you want to also look at the expiration date, you know, because there's been, (laughs) yes, that's one thing everybody forgets. So it's like, oh, well, that expired three years ago. Maybe I better not buy that. You know, so right. that's into the dry. And that's for all of your, let's talk about the medications, you know, mm. for people and for pets. So you yes. look at the different things that you have. Did it expire? How old is, I mean, well, really, I mean, you have to look at the dates of things just to know what you're dealing with as well for you and your mm-hmm. animals. Yeah. I mean, what if you're on a farm? I mean, yeah. you know, you could have the horses and the cows and, and the chickens and the roosters and all the different things, but everything has to have all of the things taken care of properly. So we are yeah. in charge of that and we speak for the animals. We have to. Yeah. 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 And we have to realize that animals don't just eat anything. I know a lot of people in the past have just given their animals old food and whatever. We know now that that's not good because their system processes food, not the same, but similarly to ours. And they need to have quality nutrition because if they don't have quality nutrition. If they're eating expired foods, then you're going to have number one, a larger vet bill in the future, but you're not going to have a happy thriving animal. Mm-hmm. No, but that's, and that's what we want. Yeah. We want a happy thriving and secure animal. And that gets rid of a lot of things, gets rid of behavior issues, gets rid of emergency veterinary issues. A lot of times it's everything. So that awareness of being safe and doing your research and knowing what you're getting and what you have in your home and what the animal is going to be in contact with when you're traveling, it all comes together to help that animal thrive the best way it can. Mm-hmm. Expiration date. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is really big. And for the human and the pet, because mm, that has yeah. happened to me before as well. And you know, whoops, this expired, you know, yep. three years ago. Okay, maybe I better throw it in the trash. Yeah. I have a feeling a lot of our listeners just went to the pantry <laughs> and check on their dog's food or their cat's food. But and the medicines check oh, yeah. every single like, okay, what do you have? Do you have okay, they have these tums. Sometimes you might get a little sick to your stomach, or sometimes you might feel like you're getting a cold and you might have this cold medication, whatever it is, and you didn't check the date on it, but it already expired three years ago. Mm-hmm. Now it's so all the medica anything and everything yeah check the expiration date on it absolutely well another big safety thing when it comes to the medications and the -the over-the-counter stuff is you can get a lot of that kind of stuff on amazon yes which can be very dangerous because it's not necessarily what they say it is because i've heard stories about that where there was pretty much fake medication that was being sold through amazon and being Uh sold as 
supposedly a specific type of medication for certain right. health conditions. Right. But when it comes to our animals too, you know, so many people will go to these forums or to Facebook or whatever, these groups and say, oh, well, my animal has this thing, has this behavior, or has this spot, and they might share a photograph or something like that. And they say, oh, what, what's going on? And they get these non-educated people saying, oh, well, it's this, you need to give them this treatment or, you know, these different ideas, or there's the fact that, oh yeah, okay, well, my animal was diagnosed with this and this is what it was treated. And it looks like you're dealing with the same thing. So then people will go and give these treatments without it getting properly diagnosed yeah. and potentially making their animal even worse or even possibly killing them. Yes. Yeah. That's a really big safety issue for me. Well, <laughs> It's very important that you said that too, in that the sense of killing them. I want to zero in on that Mm -hmm. thing right there. I'm going to talk about flying now. So people would say, Mm -hmm. should I tranquilize my pet? And Mm -hmm. I would say, no, you're the one that needs the tranquilizer, not the pet. (laughs) (laughs) No, because it's really true. It is so true. And, you know, when an animal has a tranquilizer, and you also have to be careful, you know, like for the veterinarians also, they need to be made aware of everything that's happening. Like when I'm talking about being here in the United States, or if I'm over in Europe, and I have to go from this country to that country. So the different things that have to be done. So you really have to be very, very aware as well as your veterinarian. So I have a veterinarian in Paris that has been with me since Sherpa the dog. She's been with all my dogs. Of course, she has many more people working with her as well, but she's been with me with all of my dogs for all of these years. Mm-hmm. And it's a pleasure for me to be with her. And then you share information. And is there something that you can teach them? And that they can, because you need to let them know different things that are happening as well. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. If you travel a lot, make sure that you have a vet at a location that you go to regularly. And if you don't go to that regularly, do your research and find Mm -hmm. one. That's a key point. That's a key point I bring up on everything I do. Okay. Well, I'm going to be going to... Phoenix and I stay in Scottsdale. Now, where would I go? Now, you know, you can go to the Petco and the PetSmart and you can go to all these different places, but then that animal is going to be around other dogs. Now, other dogs and other cats might be sick. You see, Mm -hmm. that's a little, when I'm dealing with like a a three pound teeny little dog is very susceptible to many things that are happening. And your cat, how many pounds is your cat? My cat's little. She just turned three and she is still only seven pounds. So you you see, (laughs) again, you have to be very careful with everything that you're doing. Yeah. And she's also feline leukemia virus less. So that leaves her open to, even though she's in remission, I could walk into a vet and there could be a sick cat and she could get that. And in seconds that, and that's one of the things that I think about, you know, why I really don't want to go into the, well, of course they're in their bag. I'm not letting them walking around and doing all those, but it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. because a sick animal will have been there, Mm -hmm. is there. And so you really have to be so careful about that with everything. Yeah. So I hear what you're saying about, you know, when they're already in that state that they could be, they could pick up anything as a person can pick up anything, you know, with the different things that are happening. So first we have to take care of ourselves so we can take care of them. And it's It's the whole give yourself oxygen before you give somebody else oxygen so you can help them out. (laughs) Just to bring it back to the airlines. (laughs) Well, you know, when I was 20, I went into, uh, it was called Transworld Airlines back then because I had this wanderlust. I needed to travel and It was the best thing I could have ever done. Mm -hmm. And that is one of the key factors is the oxygen. You know, now when they do a demonstration, but you always, always must have the oxygen. That's very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that goes into a lot of things, especially with animals. 
if you are in a stress state, your animal will be in a stress state. So you need to take care of you First. so you can be there for them. Mm-hmm. And that whole adage, you can't pour from an empty cup, you know, keep yourself healthy and calm, especially in situations where your animal may be relying on you. Which is always. Yeah. So they can better cope with what's going on because they see you. Okay. She's calm. All right. I'm still a little scared, but as long as mom is calm, she'll take care of me. You know, that whole thing. I think it's just really important that we take care of ourselves so we can take care of those that rely on us, whether they're children or animals or other family members Mm -hmm. or anybody, you know, we have to take care of ourselves. Number one, because we speak for the animals. So we are number one and making sure our expiration dates on anything that we do is not expired. (laughs) And I want to address the safety factor for your bag as well, because that was something I had brought up to you. I was pleased to find out that you did use a third party to test the bags to make sure they were in fact safe, because that's the thing. Oh yeah, crash testing. Yeah, the crash testing. Because that's the thing, if you have a third party doing the safety testing, then you're getting an unbiased result, which is really important. I think it's very important that you have more than three parties, really with everything that you're doing, because that teamwork is the dream work that goes into anything that you do. Yeah. So when it's being, let's just say from the people that I had started with, and when I first began the company, and it's the word of mouth and talking with each other and then learning, you know, I was my own 800 number when I could get an 800 number, I was my (laughs) own 800. So I would answer the phone and I would talk to the people and I would do every single thing that I had to do. And I still do every single thing that I should be doing so that I can get further the message that needs to get out to the world. And, you know, as we are doing together now, when we're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to work in a pet store way back in the early 2000s. And that's when I first was introduced as your bag. It was one of our biggest sellers. Even at the price point it was at that point, it was one of our biggest sellers. People loved the Sherpa bag and we sold a lot of them. And so when I heard that we were going to be speaking with you, I was super stoked because I've been aware of the Sherpa bag ever since I was at the pet store. And now, you know, Sherpa, the dog, the lost. Yes. I know the story and I know the. I know the mind and the heart behind it, and it's kind of bringing me full circle. So, uh, so thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. No, thank you so very much. I'm very grateful. I'm really grateful. And I keep everything around. As I said, they are a part of you. Mm-hmm. As yeah. you know, my mother, who was my business partner, my best friend, my mother, and everything with me. And so, she is with me all the time, you know, and she's up in heaven, but she's with me all the time. And I think of the things that she would say to me or how, like, oh, well, what are you worried about now? You know, we'd be at a show doing something (laughs) and she would be with me with everything. And so she would say, you know, tossing, turning, whatever. She said, well, what are you worried about now? And, you know, the different things that we went through and your mother is your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, whatever. But my mother was an integral part of Sherpa because she made sure that the financial house was in order. Now, that wasn't going to happen by me because I'm the right side of the brain. That's the creative, the design, you know, the public relations. And she had the left side, which is like, you know, that's not my side of the brain. (laughs) You know, the figures, the numbers, this and that. So you want to make sure you complement yourself with your partners that you're working with on your team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's important. You wrote a book about that, right? You wrote a book about business. Well, the first book I did was No Pet Left Behind because I felt that no pet should ever Mm -hmm. be left behind. Yeah. And then It's in the Bag is the book that was just put out. And It's in the Bag is that double entendre, like 
oh, well, you think it's in the bag, but it's not really in the bag. Like this deal is really in the bag, but it's not in the bag. And then it's in the bag is the Sherpa and how that all began. So I was hoping when I was doing this that it could help to show people that, well, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that I had to do it and I would learn how to do it. And I had, you know, organizational consultants, I had instructors, I had a psychiatrist that really helped me so much. He had a meditation class that I had started with. And then from the meditation class, then I went into private sessions with him so that I could learn the different things that could help me to be better in business. And I learned so much from him. I'm Mm -hmm. very, very grateful. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. amazing. So those are the books. It's in the bag, how to turn a passion into a new business. Like, you know, do you dream about something like what do you really want to do in your life and Mm -hmm. what is stopping you from doing it and then Mm -hmm. try to you know find out what it is and then do what you really want to do Mm -hmm. but you can't do it alone so you need to find the right people Right. Yeah. And we have a lot of different ways to find them and we can make a lot of mistakes as well. So, you know, well, we're human. I mean, that's part of the process. Yes. What do they say? Try, try again. No, but you know, life is full of lessons. So you don't have to go to school. You're going to get them all the time. I mean, you do go to school, but you will get lessons every single day. Oh yeah. And those lessons will teach you so much, especially when you're in the process. Like just learning something by book, it's good, but Mm -hmm. you need to integrate that. And you can't integrate that until you're doing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But of course you have to be open to the learning because otherwise you're just going to keep repeating the same mistake over and over again. (laughs) Well, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And just keep (laughs) trying until you do because you will be making mistakes. Absolutely. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful speaking with you. Did we cover the main things that we should cover? I think yeah, so. Yeah, we did cover the main things. There was another aspect that you had wanted to discuss, and I guess we touched on it a little bit, but the human-animal bond and how we might be able to strengthen that bond through communication. I think you had some insight on that. Well, I think the human-animal bond is something that really needs to be elaborated so much more because your bond with your animal is a bond that goes, as I said, deep into my heart and my soul and is the biggest, you know, it's like they are a part of me. So those are your pets, but we're talking about animals. And so the more we can learn, the better we become. So I think that we can strengthen the bond of this human animal bond by learning more of what that animal needs and Mm -hmm. requires and what the space that they need in their life and the different things to help us. And what they want. Yes, what they want. Because they do have things that they want. I think that's also a part of it. They would want food. <laughs> no, this is a- <laughs> and treats, yeah. <laughs> yeah, foods. And- no, yeah. but I mean, it's really, it's like, okay. Now, Coco would eat, she doesn't eat so much, or cartoon, and you want to make sure that what they're eating is very, very healthy for them. Again, we go into that expiration date and everything else, but I made a mistake. You know, I'll admit that I made a mistake and I fed her a, a food that wasn't the best food for her when we were in Paris. And there I was right at the vet with her you know, and, you know, making sure everything was so look into exactly what you're feeding them and the dates again, expiration date and the, and what is inside of that food? Mm -hmm. Like if it says beef, oh, okay. Is it beef or is it all of those byproducts that aren't even this, you know, so your human animal bond, we must feed our pets, our animals, And, you know, if it's a coyote that's out there and you're leaving your dog or your cat outside, well, you can expect that dog or cat to be gone. Mm. You know, be very careful. 
because right. that's their food. They're wild. So right. that's anyway, so on to that human animal bond. Yeah. We focus a lot on that bond in the terms of respect, compassion, and understanding. Yes. And the respect part, I think a lot of the time we've got the compassion, but we don't really have as much of the respect and understanding as humans in general could have. You know, I think the human mentality largely has been kind of imposing our will onto the animals. Right. Yeah. And we need to find that balance and be respecting of their space, of what's going to cause them stress, even what their dislikes are, you know, like yeah. for example, you touch their feet and they pull their foot back because they don't like their foot being touched for whatever reason it might be. And then if we keep going and we try to hold on to their paw and we just ignore their reaction, then we're not respecting them. So that kind of thing. Yeah. No, we have to respect the animals totally. And the different things, this is so terrible, but then this just came into my brain as we were talking about this, you know, the people that do the dog fights and mm. the different things that they do and you see that we also have to educate people so that those things do not happen because look what that does to the dog yeah. or you know those because you have a gambling addiction or whatever it is that you have you don't have things like that happen so the more education that we can provide to the world it's not just here in the united states it's global mm -hmm. it is a global yeah. you know we're totally global now so right. it's everywhere in the world. So I think, you know, what we are covering needs to just keep getting out there global. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I'm sure we could talk more about what we've already talked about. <laughs> Go oh, more yeah. in detail about we could talk forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is as long as we get the, you know, questioning minds, people want to know. So yeah, if you want to know, then listen to this podcast and talk to Siri that I just shut off because she'll just going to talk right back to me and answer anything I want to know. She will. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know if you were open to having people reach out to you for more information as well, because they can certainly reach out to us, but we'll share whatever links you want us to share in our show notes Thank so that uh, people connect with you in some form or fashion. Oh, excellent. Great. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of information on the website and we'll have that in the show notes. There's different types of information and resources for you guys out there. Make sure you go to gailmarts.com and like we said, we will keep those in the show notes. Right, so you have you. an easy access there. Yes. Um, but there's a lot of information, resources, testimonials, those blogs. You can check out her books. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. The links for the books are on your website, like where they can purchase them from. You just go right to that Amazon. Oh, go to Amazon. Okay. You know, we'd have to spell my name G-A-Y-L-E. <laughs> <laughs> no, because people, uh, you know, it's like spelled this way and then, right. you know, but you'll have that link on yours and then that'll click into mine. And then we all just have the technology that are the inventions. Yeah. Today. Yeah. So that is good. Yeah. I think that covers it. Yeah. If you're willing to answer one more thing. Of course. I found this on your website that I found kind of interesting. I think it was originally linked to a blog article, which wasn't there anymore, but I thought maybe you might be willing to talk about it. And that was airport petiquette. Oh, Etiquette. Now that is so important. So when I came up with the word and I registered it with my attorneys as well, etiquette mm -hmm. is for every mode of travel, mm -hmm. there is a prescribed form of etiquette. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're on a train, a bus, a car, this, that. It's like you don't do certain things. So petiquette was very important because there is the etiquette that goes along with a pet, mm -hmm. you know, with all of the different things that we do. And that's the different things that they do. Did that leave the site? I want to get that back up on the site. 
the predicate. It's very important. Yeah, it uh, didn't seem to link to it when I tried to read it. Okay, I'll speak with my fellow who does all of that because it's really important and then people could write in. So, okay, here we are. I'm on a plane. Oh, I'm at an airport. What is that dog doing walking around the airport? It shouldn't be walking around an airport. When they arrive at the terminal, prior to even getting to the terminal, you've already talked to your dog, your cat, whatever it is, and you don't want them walking through the airport because that isn't what they're supposed to be doing. There are people, if you can imagine, that don't like dogs and cats. Mm -hmm. So there, there, there really are. So you have to be respectful of other people And then when you're on an airplane, it's a whole other story as well. You know, when I was working with the airlines and I wrote the bulletins and we worked on the policies and the rules and all of that, the pet on board the airplane must remain underneath the seat inside the Sherpa bag for the duration of the flight. Mm -hmm. And the duration of the flight is what the duration of the flight is. So it's better that you teach that pet before, you know, associate with a positive experience. And then they're very happy to go in their private den, Mm -hmm. you know, portable den and go wherever you go. If it's a small, you know, animal then larger animals there's different things you do to make sure that they're safe mm-hmm. yeah i love the concept of pedicate yes because not only does it show that you're compassionate for your other fellow travelers you are providing an even safer space for the animal because you're not allowing any outside things to unpredictably affect the animal. And also, if we can do and actually practice pedicate, us animal enthusiasts practice pedicate, it will allow the door to open a little bit to make it easier for us to travel with animals and to make it more acceptable for animals to be Mm -hmm. a part of things. Because right now, there's so many laws that are saying, no, your dog bit somebody else. We no longer can allow animals on this particular bus or whatever. So if you practice pedicate and you're training your animal and getting that positive reinforcement for the travel for your animal, it's just going to make it easier for us to responsibly right. travel with our animals. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere. Right. Exactly. Very important. Thank you for asking that. I'll make sure that goes back yeah. up. It's very important for every form of travel. There is a prescribed form of etiquette. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a little bit of a different etiquette factor. And I don't know if you address this in your article or not, but for those who have service dogs, because they're obviously not going to be in a carrier. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's right. The service dogs, of course, they're not going to be in a the service dog is there to be of service to that person and when i originally had done you know the different shows that that i had worked with it was called the delta society at that time and then it became pet partners and so different people when i was at the show you know if somebody had epilepsy there is the dog that alerts them to the fact that they're going to be having an attack or if someone cannot see or if someone has whatever it mm-hmm. is so the service dogs are so valuable so important in our life and so that pedicate doesn't apply to the service dog because they're already right. trained and they know what they're doing and they are of service to that individual and it really is something that is imperative yeah. that maybe the have. etiquette is going the other way to train the people yeah not to approach the dogs. (laughs) Well, that was the whole thing. You know, I think how we started as well that, you know, when I said about your dog taking a tranquilizer, it's not the dog that needs the tranquilizer. It's you that needs the tranquilizer. (laughs) So yes, that you covered it exactly with Mm -hmm. that one. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasant conversation. It was so wonderful to meet you and have you on the show. And again, if you want to learn anything about Gail and her company, The Sherpa Bag, just head on over to our show notes. You can also head over to her website, which is gailmartz.com. That's G-A-Y-L-E-M-A-R-T-Z.com. 
and you'll get a whole bunch of information. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. God bless you. God bless us all. And thank <laughs> yes. You. And you're welcome to come back and be a guest again if you want to talk more about safety for pets or more about travel, or maybe you write another book regarding pets. And yeah. <laughs> There's more things. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll be happy. I'll be grateful. I will want to because we need to get the word out yes and, you know it's team so we've started with this and onward to greatness we'll continue on thank yes, you so you're much welcome. <laughs> well thank you ladies all right bye-bye have, bye. have a wonderful bye. evening bye-bye thank you you too thank you so much bye. Bye. bye well that was such a wonderful conversation it was so nice to meet her i've known of her bags for over 20 years and it's just been a pleasure getting to know her the story and the heart behind that so i hope you enjoyed that again if you want to reach out to her and find out more information she's got lots of resources it's gailmarts.com we'll have that in the show notes and if you have any questions for us here at the animal files you can always email us as well that is the animal files podcast at gmail.com and the website it's very simply the animal files podcast.com and we will also have her stuff on our website in our resources section mm -hmm. and you can reach out to all of our socials you can support the show through patreon or by donation and merchandise yeah merchandise we have lots of stuff for you there again hope you enjoyed that and we will see you back here next time have a great week everyone Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to rate, review, and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want some more great info, be sure to check out www.theanimalfilespodcast.com.